Great to see you. Welcome to everybody here in the auditorium yep. and in the venue and watching online. Well, here we are. Uh, my name is Kent Sumberg. I'm the pastor of Next Generation Ministry. And uh, with me is Justine Cheddar, our director of community engagement. Did I get it right? Yeah, got it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm impressed. We get to be with you today. Can you believe that here we are? It's the fourth week of August. Yeah. And school has started. And uh, UNK classes begin tomorrow. I know Carrie asked, where are the college students? College students in here? Woohoo! Oh, yeah. look at this. Awesome. Welcome, guys. We love, love college students. Our C20 uh, ministry kickoff is tonight at the UNK uh, Amphitheater at 6 p.m. Hope you can attend that. Well, fall is almost here. And uh, what I love most about fall, I think, is um, cooler temperatures and mm -hmm. uh, the color of the maple trees and college football. Anybody else? <laughs> Less than a week away. Here we go. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, it's so much fun. Um, what I don't love about fall is our schedules seem to just instantly fill up, and we're like busy, crazy busy, right? Well, this is a great time to take a step back, and before we settle into our fall routines, to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't know if, if you're like me, but uh, when I'm driving uh, in another city, in particular a place that I haven't been, I love to use navigation on my phone. It's amazing. I, I always geek out every time we're traveling and it's telling me, turn left. And like, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Because, uh, and every time that we do, uh, my wife and I tell our kids about the dark ages before smartphones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we had a ginormous paper map. It started folded up real nice like this, and then it became like three foot by two foot. And never, ever, ever again did it fold back up the way it started. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and we also tell them about having to sit down before a, a trip, writing down, okay, we take highway this and exit this uh -huh. and turn right here and left here. And the young people have no idea what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Write down every single turn because if you didn't, chances are you would end up in Albuquerque. Yeah. And, uh, you know... It, even now, using uh, navigation with, with my phone, if uh, you don't have the right address plugged into your phone, chances are uh, it's going to take you somewhere you didn't intend to go. Uh, so you can tell this never happens to me, right? <laughs> it does. On, the last, on our last trip, um, I had to pull over and swallow my pride and admit that I had plugged in the wrong address. So uh, thankfully, we weren't too far off course before uh, we got back on course. But I found that uh, also in life, it's helpful to set aside times to pull over mm -hmm. to make sure we're headed in the right direction. Um, and I think that seasonal changes are a good time to do that, going from one to the next. Justine, I think you do this too. Have you found yeah. good times to do this? Yeah, so I typically do it uh, at the start of the year, so January is a great time, but then even monthly, I'll pause a little bit and just kind of look back and think, what did we like about the month, what didn't work, and then let's course correct. So yeah, seasons are great times, natural times to do it. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So 
as we're headed into fall here. Yep. This is a great time to press pause, to pull over, to make sure our lives are headed in the right direction, to take charge of our calendars before they control us, and uh, just to take a step back and look at, make sure that the things that we're investing our time in are things that really matter. We have some things as a church that we think really matter. Our mission statement is building a transformational community by growing a love with Christ and all people. And our vision statement is every person matters. And we have four core values that we think are very important. Truth, gospel, community, and mission. We have a little graphic, some icons that go with that. Truth, here's truth, and gospel, and community, and mission. And we've added some action words to those core values because just knowing them isn't enough. We need to live them out. So we like to say, seek truth and embrace the gospel. Be actively seeking truth and embracing the gospel, participating in a worship environment like this one on Sundays, and also at home on your own, reading God's word, spending time in prayer and in worship. We also like to say, choose community. This is not passive, it's, it's active. This is a choice. Choose to be a part of others' lives as they grow in faith and let others into your life. Do life with others in a life group. We also like to say, join the mission. Actively be a part of what God is doing in and around you. And we wanna talk about this one in particular today a little bit. Let's pray together before we get started, okay? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity for us even now to take a step back, to pull over and take a look at uh, the direction that we're all headed in life. Holy Spirit, would you be so good as to speak to our hearts and to call to mind areas of our life that you might have us to consider. And we just love you and we're so grateful for your love and grace and your presence with us here. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus brought a message that changed the world. Uh, not just the spiritual aspect that we always focus on, but I think we take for granted the impact that Christianity has had on our society. I mean, ideas that we take for granted like love your enemy or look out for the needs of others. Those are ideas that Jesus Brought. I mean, the world that Jesus came into, the world before Jesus came, was the opposite. It was hate your enemy, despise those who don't have it all together. But Jesus turned it upside down, and his disciples got it and spread the good news all over the world. And wherever Christianity spreads throughout the world, people are changed, and the world has changed. And we get to be a part of that world-changing mission. The church's role, the capital C Church of Christ followers all around the world, the church's role is to remind the world through our personal behavior and our corporate behavior that every person is precious in the sight of God. Everybody matters to God whether God matters to them or not. We will fail at times, sure, but our goal is this, every person matters. 
So we want to talk today a little bit about what it means to live out this every person matters, what it means to live on mission. Yeah, so we thought it'd be a perfect place to just start by defining the mission. Now, Kent just said it, but I think it bears repeating. Our mission statement here that you've seen on the walls and you keep hearing is building a transformational community by growing in love with Christ and all people. Boil down, what does this mean? We're disciples. We're here to make disciples who make disciples. Now, as you came in today, and as you've heard even last week, we're in the middle of Ministry Expo. And as you walk through the lobby, what we hope you see is that making disciples can take on many different forms. It could be serving internally with the ministry here, right in our church. It can be externally, uh, working with an organization that's outside our walls. And it can be really just living your everyday life on mission. Now, we use that word disciples or disciple makers or um, discipleship a lot. But sometimes I do wonder if we really know what that means. So let's just start there. Let's just kind of define and kind of get a picture of what does disciples even look like. So for me, I like to think about it in flowchart form. So it kind of just starts right here with myself. So first, I experience life change through God's transforming grace and work in my life. And then because I've experienced that life change, I can't keep it to myself. It can't help us spill out in my relationships. So then I get to help others and actually just even another, even if we just start with one, I get to help another grow with me. And then as they experience that same life change, that same start cycle gets to start all over again as they then begin to disciple someone else. Now, I think that this can really happen naturally when my desire is to see others experience their transforming grace that I've experienced. How stunning is this realization that this is God's plan for spreading his good news? It's us. It's so awesome. He wants us to be close to him. He wants us to grow in our dependence upon him. He wants us to walk with him. And then as we go through life following him, then he actually invites us in to lead others so that they can experience that same life change. It really is such an amazing picture. Uh, John's record of the Samaritan woman in um, and Jesus, I think, is such a perfect picture of discipleship. Okay, so here's what we know about that. We know that while they were both sitting at the well getting water, Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to her. And this is the first time that he publicly has revealed it. She cannot help but immediately go and tell others what he said to her and about that moment that that she had that encounter. She has the encounter. He changes her. And then she runs off to tell others. This is discipleship and multiplication. So we grow, we grow, and we grow together. We give away Jesus and we teach others to give away Jesus. We put extra purpose to our everyday rhythms and to just our relationships we're already in. We don't treat people as projects. We become friends and then we love them through the process. We believe that life change really does happen in the context of relationship. Now, it's worthy to know, in that entire description of what a disciple maker means, I did not once say that you have to be formally trained, or you have to be ordained, or that you have to be an adult, a male, a female. I didn't say you have to be a a mom, not a mom. I didn't say you have to be a boss, an employee. 
I could keep going on of all the things that we don't have to have, those qualifier, qualifiers we don't have to have to be disciple makers. But I hope that you hear this loud and clear. Because we have the hope of the world, through the Holy Spirit, God really is inviting us to share this good news, to give it away to everyone that we come in contact with. This is a huge honor, and it's so exciting. Okay, let's go to our Bibles for a little bit. So turn with me, or if you're on your phone, or if you want to just follow along on the screen, to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Now we know that we already kind of talked about what the mission is. So now that we know that, why do we want to join it? You know, as I've been spending this last month preparing for today, I have just been really recaptured by this passage. I hope it gives you a renewed passion as we just kind of see Jesus' words, and then we find first and foremost, this is why we join the mission. Okay, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, verse 18, so first and foremost, he establishes that he has the authority for what he's about to tell us to do. Then in verse 19, he says it. He says, go, make disciples. This is a commandment for us. And then he keeps going. What are we supposed to be passing on to those who, are we, who we are discipling? He says to teach them everything that he has commanded us. Now, a couple chapters earlier, Matthew had recorded what Jesus said is the two most important commandments. He says to love God with all of us and to love people. Now, that is replicable. Teach them that and everything else will come along with it. So this is a command from Jesus, yes, and it's an invitation. So this morning, as we keep going, we want to share four more reasons to join the mission. Joining the mission helps you grow as you go. We want to join the mission because we need each other. We want to join the mission to keep in step with Jesus. And finally, we want to join the mission because people need you. All of this all of this comes down to living life on mission for the good of people and for the glory of God. Yeah. For many of us, joining the mission might be the best next step. Maybe you've already decided that you want to follow Jesus and his teachings and let him change your life from the inside out. Joining the mission might be your best next step of faith, your next step of spiritual growth. Maybe you've already found a way to join the mission. That's awesome. We love that. You can invite others to join with you as you serve on mission. Because we all need to keep growing. And joining the mission helps you grow as you go. You know, a good measure of spiritual health is our depth of concern for other people. You may love God for what he's done for you. But are you letting God's love pour out of you to others? Jesus was asked one time by one of the teachers of the law, and Justin just referenced this. We find it in Mark. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I think it's interesting that Jesus was asked for one and he gave two. (laughs) Because Jesus put loving your neighbor right up there with loving God. When I was a a young college student, um, I was at one point a long time ago. Um, When I was a young college student, I had the opportunity to be a student ministry uh, intern at the church that my family tenant and I grew up in. And uh, at that point, I loved Jesus. He was very real to me. And I loved church, and I loved uh, our youth group. And um, I I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. I remember my youth pastor asking me one time what I was going to do after college. And I remember feeling I, I didn't really know exactly. But like I said, I, I loved church, and I, I loved our youth group. And so I told him that I was considering becoming a youth pastor. I thought he might be excited by that, encouraged by that. But he asked me a question that I'll never forget. He said, Kent, do you love kids? And um, it's funny now because I love kids. The children's pastor does love kids. But it was a long time ago. I was young and kind of selfish teenager. And my first response was, yeah, I love kids. But uh, my youth pastor was helping me to uh, see where my focus was. Because I was so focused on uh, how I loved youth group. I loved my experience with youth group. And my focus was all this way, kind of what I got out of it. But he was helping me shift my focus to what the ministry really was. It's loving kids, loving others, and serving them. My youth pastor knew me, and he knew that I needed to grow in loving others and serving others. And he knew that serving would be a great way to learn as I, as I went. As we allow God and the gospel to change our hearts, we'll develop care for other people. Our attention will gradually turn away from ourselves more towards the needs of others. Paul writes to the Galatians, he writes, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do, do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Now, if Jesus was the most loving person to ever walk on the face of the earth, then we as his disciples, as his followers, also want to be the most caring people in our community. The way to do that is not only to try harder, We have to be changed from the inside out. And God can help us grow by serving others. One step at a time, little by little. Eventually our hearts are so in tune with what Jesus is doing around us that he uses us to meet the needs of those around us. That's a transformational community. Now maybe you're not feeling ready to join the mission or maybe you're not feeling qualified to join the mission. We all have those feelings. But we need to remind ourselves who Jesus chose to be his disciples. He chose fishermen, and he chose a tax collector, and he chose generally what we might think of unqualified people to be his disciples, not the religious leaders that you might think be his disciples. But just as Jesus chose unlikely people to be his disciples, he invites us to join him on mission, and we learn along the way. Because we grow by doing. 
We learn best by doing. It, uh, studying the Bible is awesome, but doing what you read is even better. It allows the Spirit to open our understanding like nothing else can. We discover more about ourselves and about how He is growing us and how, uh, while he, you know, how He can use us to meet the needs of others. Yeah, so we join the mission because we need each other. One of my storehouse team members and friend, Nate, he often has it said of him that he always sees life as sunshine and lollipops. He's just really optimistic. Now, let me just say this up front. Following Jesus on mission to people is not that. It's not sunshine and lollipops. I think of the um, times that discipleship can get really messy and it can get uncomfortable and challenging. And sometimes it's just heartbreaking. To the mom that had said yes to the foster care system, and she's just had that child return to the bio family, or to the leaders who are faithfully serving in our E-Free Kids ministry that has the little girl say, I don't have a mommy at home. That's not sunshine and lollipops. Uh, I also think of those that are patiently walking with loved ones through addiction and mental illness and just some really hard stuff, not sunshine and lollipops. Wherever God has you, whether it's serving in a ministry internally or it's somewhere outside these doors, we know that there are people there. And we know that it can get really hard to live life on mission. So I just want to warn you up front, if you're just now getting your feet wet with this whole living life on mission thing, it's not easy. It will push you beyond what you can do on your own. Let's go back to Matthew 28. So remember in verse 18, Jesus had said up front that he alone has the authority to tell us what to do. And then he tells us to do it, to go and make disciples of all the nations. That includes your own nation. But listen to the second part of verse 20 because he ends with a promise. He says, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is what he's saying. He's saying, while you're out living this life full of purpose for my name and for my glory and for the good of everyone, when you really embrace every person matters, I'm right here with you. We can rely on Jesus to be who he says he is. Think back, even from the moment that he comes to earth as a baby, that's his name. That's what he's called, Emmanuel, God with us. We get more of God as we live life on mission. And we actually get more of each other. In Hebrews uh, 10, 24 through 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting with, together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This passage really puts action to that word community. So we consider each other. We call each other up to love and good works. We gather together, we encourage each other, and we do it more and more as each day gets us one day closer to Jesus returning. As obstacles come up that prevent us from living life on mission, and they will, and as excuses come up, and we know that they will, we can actually push past those because we have everything we need in Jesus, and he's given us this awesome gift of each other. We don't have to do this alone. And you know, Kent, I also know from experience that serving with others, it inevitably strengthens those relationships. 
So we've already established that discipleship can be tough. So grab your friends and your family, maybe it's your life group, and do this together. Help encourage each other. Shoulder that load as you go. And ultimately, we keep going because this is what Jesus models for us. And Jesus lived his life with his disciples for three, three and a half years and taught them everywhere they went. He invited them to serve others while he served others. And his disciples learned how to serve by walking with Jesus, literally walking everywhere they went. Uh, I imagine that some or a lot of what is recorded in the Gospels was taught to them while they were walking. They had to be in great shape back then. (laughs) Jesus lived what he taught. He walked the talk. Pastor Jordan shared a great message a couple weeks ago about Jesus demonstrating a life of serving. Mark records this in his gospel. Jesus told them, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last in the servant of all. This is more of Jesus turning the world upside down with his teaching. His disciples were all thinking about how to become great, how to become people who would be served. But then Jesus shows them the better way to try to be the best at serving others. And he demonstrated this while washing their feet. If we're, going to walk with Jesus, if we're going to walk with Jesus and follow his example, we need to keep in step with him. Joining the mission helps us keep in step with Jesus. In order to keep in step with Jesus and follow his example, we have to find our rhythm in walking with Jesus. I'm talking about those things that we do regularly to keep in step with Jesus, some basic spiritual disciplines. Just as there's a rhythm to walking, slow, uh, steady, repetitive, and a manageable pace, so also finding our rhythm in keeping in step with Jesus should be steady, repetitive, and at a manageable pace. Are you investing some time uh, reading God's word in prayer and in worship? Are you seeking truth and embracing the gospel? Finding a rhythm in walking with Jesus includes finding a group of other Christ followers to help you grow, to keep you accountable, and to encourage you in faith, to choose community. Finding our rhythm for keeping in step with Jesus includes getting outside of ourselves, finding a way to share the gospel by serving others. In other words, join the mission. And as Justine said, living on mission can be inside the church, can be outside the church. There's no either or in living on mission. When we're missing one of these truth gospel community mission, when we're missing one of these, our life can get out of balance and we can get out of step and it can be unhealthy. That's why we uh, often encourage to seek to have one of each before two of any um, of our core values. Now, it can be unhealthy because if we have truth and gospel and mission without community, it can burn you out and lacks accountability. If you have truth and gospel and community without mission, we can become inward focused. Community and mission without truth and gospel can just become social justice. Earlier I mentioned that this is a great time to pull over, take a look at our calendars and see what we're investing our time in. Are you keeping it step with Jesus. There are many things that can keep us out of rhythm, but at this time of year, it's 
good to check our busyness meter. And we all have a busyness meter, and it's called the calendar. Are you in charge of your calendar, or does your calendar control you? It's, you know, of course, we're the ones that put stuff on our calendar, but it's amazing how easy it is for, to get to the point where the calendar just controls us. Um, it's mostly true because, uh, you know, I say this, Justine, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. Mainly that's true because if it's not on my calendar, I'll forget to do it. Uh, the older I get, the more true that is. If you work with me, you know that's true. Um, but also, if I don't set aside time for the things that are really important, it's super easy for things that are less important to fill that time. It's so easy for our life to get offbeat and for us to get out of step with Jesus. It's a kind of spiritual arrhythmia. Why is it then we allow busyness to make us fall out of step with Jesus? Uh, I think sometimes we feel like... Uh, a schedule that is full makes us feel more alive, more productive, more needed, more valuable sometimes. Sometimes I think our, our, we allow our schedules to get so full because uh, we allow that to be a distraction from evaluating other things in our life that we need to address, we'd rather ignore. This is so important, maintaining a balance in life with a rhythm that is in step with Jesus has to have some margin, has to have some quiet, has to have some time to focus each day on a relationship with Jesus, to confess sin, to read his word, to ask for his help and his encouragement to seek the truth and embrace the gospel. When we purposefully keep some margin in our schedules, we give God room to work in our hearts. A, a wise person w once said it this way, my life works best when I'm not the most important thing in it. The Apostle Paul put it this way, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. If there's no time in our schedules for living on mission, then we are missing out on experiencing how God can do something amazing through us. And others are missing, on out, missing out on what you can bring to the table. Uh, last month, you know this, Kent, I helped uh, with a third, group, third grade group of girls for a small group for VBS, and the key takeaway for that second night was just this simple statement, I can belong. So during small group time, I said to the girls, okay, raise your hands if you have ever felt like you have to pretend to be someone you're not to feel like you belong, or if you've ever had to fake it to make it. And it wasn't terribly surprising, but it is sad. All of us raised our hand at the table. I bet we've all experienced that feeling. But the truth is that we are all designed to be unique just with a common goal. We use our different gifts and our service and our activities for the good of people. That's why it is so important to join the mission, because people need you. Paul gives us such a compelling vision for this in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. 
it, verse 4 starts, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Paul goes on to list these different gifts, but here's what is clear. God created us to live on mission in ways that are unique to us and to our gifts. One way of using our unique gifts is through hospitality. Look at what Peter urges us to do in 1 Peter 4. He says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Okay, let's pause here. Can you, like me, use this reminder today? He says, maintain constant love for one another because love covers the multitude of sins. And then be hospitable without complaining. You know, hospitality was actually really important in the first century when Paul was writing these words because there were no church buildings for traveling ministers. Fast forward to today, we have the buildings, yes, but can you think of anyone who's maybe feeling displaced or lonely, or maybe they feel stuck in the middle without a safe landing place? It could be that they're feeling spiritually or physically or relationally displaced. We have so many opportunities, especially in this season, to maintain constant love with people and to be sincerely hospitable. That is joining the mission. God created you to be who you are. Not only do you not need to pretend to be different, but we also don't want you to. If you aren't really living out your gifts, then people are missing out. Living in your gifts in the place that God has placed you right now ultimately can result in the good of others and in glorifying God as your creator. Peter goes on to say in verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, it has been so awesome to see so many of you who are already living on mission. Kent, it makes me think of, um, I know a, a lady that put a table out in her front yard with coffee and breakfast, simply offering community to the women in her neighborhood that walked by. Joining the mission is making yourself available and interruptible. And last week, I, I just watched um, somebody in our church help an elderly man uh, get outside the building through the doors. It was a little bit tricky to get out. And it wasn't done to be seen. It was just done out of love and care. And that is living out every person matters. Yeah, Men and women who recently signed up to be mentors for the kids at Emerson Elementary, so many of you did that with a passion to make a difference in even just one kid's life. I love seeing our amazing Efrit kids volunteer serving each week, investing in kids' lives, loving on them, and showing them that they matter and that Jesus loves them. 
I think of the storehouse hospitality team. They faithfully show up to open our doors throughout the week. They are ready and willing to love whoever may walk through our doors and with whatever situation and life that they have lived. I love seeing um, how the church encourages uh, people towards faith, specifically around time when we have baptisms, we get to hear stories of faith and how people have come to uh, follow Jesus. And to look out among all of these people and to see this person, this person, all these people invested in loving and sharing the gospel with this one person. Uh, when there was a lengthy standoff on Second Avenue last week, I had just sent out a couple texts midday. And we were able to get about a dozen wives and families of the law enforcement officers that were on the scene, dinner delivered that night to their house. It's something so simple, yet it's having a great impact of showing care and love in the midst of a really scary day. That's joining the mission. There's so many awesome examples, but another one is just the men in action that serve so faithfully and joyfully with home projects and yard work and whatever needs to be done in the love of Jesus. That's joining the mission. Yeah. So this is it. We join the mission to make disciples, to build a transformational community by growing in love with Christ and all people. Will you guys pray with me? God, first of all, uh, thanks for, for who you are. Thank you for being who you have said you are and for who you have promised you are. God, I just think about um, of everyone sitting in here, everyone joining us online, everyone who's going to listen to this in a podcast later. God, I just think, um, gosh, what do you have for us? What, do you, what are you asking of us? And God, this is what we know to be true. First of all, you're not gonna ask us to do something that you are not gonna be right there with us, that you are not gonna be standing right there giving us what we need. It might be just you. Maybe we just need more of you. You just want us to, to need you. And maybe it's we get people, we get more friends, deeper friends. Maybe it's we get a larger community. I don't know. I don't know what you have for each person here. But God, I pray that today you will just, just allow us to take a deep breath and to say, okay, it's the start of a new season. I want to rebuild. I get to rebuild. And God, you are asking us to do something that is so exciting and it's so fun. And so, God, I just pray that you will remove obstacles, that you will remove excuses. We know you'll do it lovingly, but we know that you will do it. And so, God, I just ask that of you. God, I thank you. Thank you for, for the way that you've created us. Thank you for the way that you've created people. God, we just, this is us committing. We want to be the church. We want to be the church on mission. That when we, when we walk out these doors, no one has to wonder. That they know that you, that you are alive in us. God, we ask that. We ask that of all of our people. And God, be with us as we do this. In Jesus' name, amen.